All right, that was Anushka Shankar and her sister, Nora Jones. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. I oh, won't tell you the name of that song. That was Traces of You. I discovered Anushka a couple years ago. I love her music. All right, standing by is Tiffany, Dr. Tiffany Breeding. We're going to talk about her book. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, except I think I slaughtered the title of your book. Is it met- Metabolic? <laughs> <laughs> the metabolic metabolic <laughs> yeah that's okay <laughs> okay yeah it's I, maybe it's too early for my brain <laughs> got a laugh out of you um that's right so tell me about how this became your focus well yeah i grew up an athlete um you know i always joke i came out with cleats on my feet um so being active has just always been a part of my life. Um, but I grew up in the South, too, and my mom made buttermilk biscuits every morning for breakfast oh, and no. chocolate gravy and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there was a there was always just this um, interesting disconnect between, you know, me being active and, and wanting to learn how to fuel my body, but just culturally that wasn't part of our lifestyle growing up, and I think I wanted to change that conversation, you know, but but understanding that you have to have some of that in your life, too. How do you create a balance between, you know, loving to be healthy and to understand that, but also make it sustainable and doable so you don't have to give up everything you love? Right. Um, and so the premise behind my approach, um, both as a coach and, and in the book, is just to really help people create um, a fusion between how they derive emotional benefit from healthy choices and physical benefit, but also how they uh, can use that to to fuel their bodies and their minds for the long term. So, um, you know, from an athlete, then that led me to sports psychology, uh, working with teams and and athletes um, on their mental skills to get them through competition. And then it's just kind of morphed itself into performance nutrition. So, um, it's it's been an interesting ride. Amazing, sure. amazing, because yeah. I feel like I mean I remember in high school being an athlete, but then I was eating you know double cheeseburgers and oh I was yeah, so tired and good, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you know it's like I one thing was fighting against the other thing, and then when I finally cleaned up my act, I felt so much better. Well, I think that it's amazing. You know, I've got some young athletes right now, and, and you're, they're in the same boat. It's like they're watching their friends eat fast food between games, but, you know, they're trying to understand, what if I put better quality fuel in the tank? What, you know, how is that going to drive my performance differently? And I think you don't realize it until you change it because it's just the norm. Right. You know, you're, that's what your body's used to, but as soon as you start giving it better quality fuel, then... The, the quality of that performance changes, and you're like, oh, my gosh. It changes <laughs> Why everything. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> right. It, it changes everything, mentally, physically, emotionally. I think food has a huge impact. It does. It does. And, you know, our culture is about food, you know, as entertainment and as emotion. You know, holidays are all about the, the food, and when people come visit, where are we going to go to brunch and lunch and dinner and you know, everything is, is about food, but it, it, it doesn't have to always be so indulgent or so unhealthy to still enjoy it. And yes. I think that's the other thing that I want people to really understand is, you know, you can cook Mexican, you can make pizzas, you can have a burger, but can you just make a few little adjustments in how you prepare them or how you put them with different sides to just make them a little bit better for you, so... 
Now, what makes um, your way of doing things in this book different from maybe some other things that are out there, other diets and fads? Mm, sure. You know, it's not restriction. You know, I don't, I don't believe that in order to be successful, you have to cut major food groups like don't eat carbohydrates or stop eating sugar or, mm-hmm. you know, eat all fat and no protein. You know, it's just everything is, to me, seems unsustainable. It's a gimmick or it's a quick fix. Uh, for me, this was more about how do I educate and provide you the tools you need to do this forever. And it's a workbook type of a setup. So there's a lot of actual physical journaling and exercises and inventories that are helping you gather data along the way about your process. You know what I want to ask you is, um, I believe you focus on macronutrients. Could you talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about that? Sure. So the macros are your carb, fat, and protein. I call them the holy trinity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's those three nutrients that we really try to focus on. And it doesn't matter what approach you're taking, whether it's a ketogenic diet or a low-sugar diet or an Atkins-type approach. You know, they, these are all based on those three nutrients. Some have more fat, some have less carbs, some have more carbs and less fat. So if you understand those three nutrients, you can really apply them across the board with any approach that you take to your nutrition. This is, um, is a lot of this based on, was your PhD based on this? It, my PhD is in human performance, so okay. yes, there's um, a, a big part of that is about the exercise science component, the nutritional sciences, so it's really an all-encompassing um, type of a, an approach that I'm trying to take along with the mindset. So you know, the sports psych piece is where I really bring a lot of that mental skill set into it, um, and then my PhD is a little bit more focused on the science of nutrition and exercise. So the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I'm always, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always interested because, you know, we all go through these personal and professional funks, and I know I was in a variety of funks, and a lot of it had to do with the, the way I was eating. You know, I, mm, it just, sure. I felt depressed, especially as a kid. I was eating a lot of fast food. What advice would you give to people that are just, you know, we talked on this earlier, but, you know, so tied to emotional eating, uh, but they're, and they're trying to make the step to, you know, be healthy and fit in 2019? I think it's just look at what you're doing today that you can change. So let's say you're doing 100 things wrong right now. Mm-hmm. If you changed one thing tomorrow, in 90 days, you'd be 90% closer to your goal. Yeah. That's great. You know, so can you just change one thing? And if you're drinking three sodas a day, can you replace one of those with a diet soda or a water? Yeah. You know, if you're eating three meals out a day, can you pack your lunch once this week? You know, it doesn't have to be this huge overhaul, and I think that's what overwhelms people. Yes. I I used to make, like, a list of all the things I wanted to do, the things that were really nagging me. One was, you know, overhauling my diet and addictions to things like diet soda And it's Mm. amazing when you do start cutting out um, how you feel, you know. Yeah, well, well, for sure. I mean, you know, you have to eat. We have to eat to live. We have to provide our body nutrients. And, you know, if you can just look at it like an 80-20 balance, you know, you can't be perfect. But can 80% of your day come from real foods, quality nutrients, you know, hydrating your body, 
and then, you know, leave 20% to have a cupcake for your daughter's birthday or grab a slice of pizza after the baseball game. You know, those right. are the, the little pieces. And I think what, what people don't realize is that, you know, they don't have to be perfect, and it's not just an all or nothing. There's some gray area there that we need to maximize, too, I think. Now, you mentioned keto diet. That's something I personally wouldn't do because I love, like, sweet potatoes and things. And sure, I make sure. smoothies every morning with frozen fruit. Um, what's your take on different things like keto? Is it whatever seems to work for you or, you know, what, what do you, you think? You know, I, I'm with you. I think that for keto, for most people, it's not realistic because mm-hmm. you do have to give up such a, a large portion of, of foods that are accessible to people, you know, yeah. um, I think for a lot of people, alcohol is something that they're, you know, part of their life that they don't want to give up, and that would be certainly not doable on a ketogenic diet. Um, like you said, fruit, you know, some things that your body needs and nutrients. So yeah. I do think in some medical situations, there's a lot of science behind the benefits of a ketogenic diet. Um specifically people that are struggling with epilepsy or certain cancers. There's a lot of research out there. Um, but I do think for most folks, just mainstream dieting, it's just a really hard process to follow because you just have such few carbohydrates available for, for it to work. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I, I mean, I eat sweet potatoes, I would say, every day. And it's just something, it's like my snack or I have it in salads and mm-hmm. certain things I just wouldn't give up. I like, you know, beans. I'm a veg- vegetarian, occasional okay. vegan. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just get used to what works for me. Yeah, and it is an individualized process. I mean, there's a lot of competitive athletes that have had success on vegan diets or ketogenic diets or anything that's a little bit more, you know, restrictive and sort of difficult to follow for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think that, uh, you know, for me, it's like, what can you do for the long term? If you're going to make a change, if you're going to develop a habit, can you do it forever? Yes. Because if you can't, don't start it now. Right. You know, because then you're going to have to revert back to what you were doing. And then are you going to lose traction? Um, so it's really always about what's the best thing for you long term lifestyle change, not just quick fix. Sure. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Dr. Tiffany Breeding about her book, Metabolic Makeover, Eight Weeks to Macro Mastery. I like the section on blood glucose. Um, this is pretty much how I eat. Uh, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, mm-hmm. dinner. Um, and you talk about Dr. Joe, I'm definitely going to mess up his name, Klemzuski. <laughs> we didn't call him Dr. K. Okay, thanks. <laughs> that helps me out. Um, he talks about, well, you talk about becoming a fat-burning machine. What's that all about? Well, I think what we don't realize is when you when you eat, you're really impacting blood sugar levels. No matter if it's a carb-heavy meal or more of a balanced meal, it's still going to impact your blood sugar levels. And when blood sugar levels rise and you release insulin to try to regulate it, uh, insulin's job is to find somewhere to put that sugar mm-hmm. um, and if your glycogen which is your sugar if those if those tanks are already full in your muscle and in your liver then your body's going to push it into body fat your the insulin's going to push that excess sugar into your body fat storage so in order for you to burn body fat you have to space your food you have to eat in moderation in terms of the size of your meals 
and you have to move and exercise to deplete some of that stored up glycogen so that your body can burn fat. So that chapter is really telling you and teaching you about spacing and timing and size of meals so that you do give yourself a chance to burn body fat. Otherwise, you're constantly just burning off the fuel that you ate until you stay in maintenance, right? Mm -hmm. We can't make any progress if you Mm -hmm. don't give your metabolism a chance to dip into that stored body fat that we all have. Sure. I I was reading your bio. Um, You have been, for the past seven years, providing corporate and executive performance to clients through work sites and employee wellness programs. That's so important because so many people Mm, sit on their butts all day and go microwave a meal or bring in something fast, you know. Sure, sure. Well, and a lot of now, you know, companies are catering foods or offering foods on site, but they're not giving people education around how to choose those foods, you know. So you walk into a cafeteria-type situation, and how do you build a plate? You know, how do you know what are the right choices for you? And like you said, and then you go back and you sit all day, so Mm -hmm. giving them a chance to get up and move or have a, a... workout facility on site a lot of big companies are trying to do that now where you could take a break and at least go down and walk on the treadmill you know something yeah um so it's a it's a big deal for companies and healthcare costs you know are really seeing the impacts of it and that's really the ultimate goal i think for a lot of companies is making sure they're maintaining those healthcare costs and premiums for employees too right so unfortunately we have to wrap but where can people find out more about you yeah, uh, my website is workwithdrtiff.com, just drtiff.com, and uh, you can always jump on a free chat with me if you have questions, and I'd love to hear from them. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and congratulations on your book. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Tiffany Breeding calling in to talk about her book, Metabolic Makeover, Eight Weeks to macro mastery. All right, so if you missed any part of this, it is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org, and our conversation will be up within an hour after I wrap. We'll take a little break, and I have one more guest calling in. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.